0: Hello, friends. Welcome to the podcast. I hope your day is treating you well. I am spending this quarter writing my book, which means that we are posting a few of my personal favorite episodes from the last year. This episode originally aired earlier this year, but I'm wondering if you got a chance to listen to it. If you're interested in the book, you can be one of the first people to know when it goes live by signing up for our newsletter list at club For now, thanks for being here, and let's get into the episode. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, everyone. Happy Tuesday. Today, we are walking through five practical tips for increasing our compassion. But first, today's rose, bud, and thorn. So my rose for today is that right before lunch, my little and I took a walk around the neighborhood. We were looking for any new flowers that have bloomed, and I'm so excited that it's the time of year where we can do that, where we can see what's budding, what flowers have actually gone from a bud into a flower, This is the year that I've decided I'm going to see the leaves grow. I feel like every year I just wake up one day and the leaves are here and I didn't really notice them turning from a bud into a leaf. Like I've never really noticed that process and I've decided this year is the year that it happens. So I'm keeping my eyes peeled, watching it go and doing the same thing for the flowers because... We're quarantined and what else are we gonna do with our time? You know what I mean? Okay, so my thorn for the day is that I can't quite get the temperature of my office right. I don't know if you guys have ever done this. It's either like too hot or too cold, and like sometimes like too dry and sometimes too moist. I don't know. I haven't gotten it figured out yet. At home, we have the temperature like down to a science. We love almost year round, like 69 degrees is our our happy place. I don't have a temperature gauge like that in the office. It's either like a, it's a space heater type thing that is like one size fits all. So I turn it on or I turn it off and same thing for the air conditioning. I either turn it on or I turn it off. So yeah, it just, it's not quite right. It's oftentimes like way too hot when I come in and way too cold if I leave it off. I don't know. But my bud for today is that tomorrow, the day after you're listening to me say this to you, if you're listening live, I am getting my first round of COVID vaccine and I am pumped. That means six weeks from tomorrow, I can like do something. We probably won't go too much back to normal, but I'm gonna like go to the grocery store or something. I don't know. I've been so quarantined that I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to just go somewhere. Also, just to feel comfortable with like our kiddo going back to school. That's like the more important thing. But we're really excited. So let's dive in to today's episode. So I'm going to walk through just five practical tips for increasing our compassion, especially for the people in our lives who we find that difficult to do. So the very first thing is really about expanding our horizons, expanding our social circle. So maybe that's traveling. Maybe that is following people online or just meeting people, people who are different than you, um, who look different than you, who've grown up differently than you, who have experienced different things. I have found this so helpful because not only does it increase my compassion for different kinds of people, but it also increases my compassion for myself and for others because there's just so many different ways to be a person. And the more people we meet, the more experiences we have, the more kind of things we experience, more uncomfortable we get then the easier it is for us to realize what it feels like to be uncomfortable in a world that maybe isn't built for us, isn't working for us, or you know just to feel like we're the minority in a situation where maybe we often feel like we're not. Um, being uncomfortable, um, being surrounded by people who aren't completely validating your worldview, who aren't hundred percent on your team really increases your compassion because you can remember what it feels like to be the odd one out. Some of you were like, yeah, I always know what it feels like to be the odd one out. And so this, this, in this situation, you might look for that in different ways, but I think this is a really important one. I've noticed significant differences in people who are intentionally meeting new people, intentionally putting themselves out there, traveling for those who are able to when it's safe to do so. It can open us up to so many different ways of being that we no longer can see our one way as the only right way, right? Because we're we're able to see so much more. I was talking to my husband the other day about this trip I took to India back in gosh, 2007, 2008 and how I went there as a Christian at the time. I am no longer would, would call myself a Christian, but a Christian at the time, I went on a mission trip to kind of save these people. And I got there and I remember being naively surprised at just how warm and kind and hospitable and expanded so many of the people that I met were and how it reflected love more to me than a lot of the love things that I had experienced at home and in my home church and and in my small little world, my small little bubble, I was able to see like, Oh, there's this whole world of people who express love in this beautiful way. And I have more to learn than I have to teach here. Like there's, there's so much beauty here that I'm, I'm more, I'm a student. I'm not, I'm not here to be a teacher. I had gone in arrogantly thinking that people of India needed my help in this like really esoteric way. But really I was there to learn. I was there to be taught. And then to to pitch in in physical ways. Like we built a wall for an orphanage that was expanding and that physical labor, I think was like what I brought to the table that was needed and helpful. Um, But, they didn't need me to come in and like tell them what love was. They knew love. They taught me a lot more about love than I had known before. And so the more that I've I've traveled, the more different types of people I meet, the more people that I'm following online who don't look or talk like me or act like me or have completely different worldviews and experiences, the more I re- I open up what is what my definition of right and wrong and good and bad is. And by doing so, my compassion increases tenfold. It is the busiest time of year. So if you need a break from the holiday action, Best Fiends is the perfect pick-me-up. It's seriously my new favorite game. Best Fiends is a match-three style puzzle and adventure game all rolled into one, and with more levels being added all the time, there's always something new to play. Best Fiends has it all, an amazing storyline, collectible fiends, and tons of fun puzzles. I cannot put it down. It's quite possibly the best puzzle game I've played. If you don't have Wi-Fi, that's not a problem. You can play Best Fiends wherever and whenever you want with offline mode. So, even if your holiday travels take you off the beaten path, you can still play Best Beans. I personally do love to play it on an airplane. I love to watch and put a movie in, kind of have it in the background, play Best Beans. It's also really good if you just are sitting around the holiday table trying not to start an intense discussion and need a little bit of something else to focus on, but you're trying not to be on social media all day every day. It gives you a little bit of a safe distraction. So it's so fun. I feel like it's an easy game, but it's a strategy-based game. So you have a lot of thinking to do, but it's still not like so much that you're overwhelmed. It's really incentivizing because it keeps you kind of moving and going and you get rewards and bonuses, so fun. So you can download Best Fiends for free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Thank you so much, Best Fiends, for supporting the podcast. I think so long of my life, I thought compassion was like this thing that you earn, not consciously, right, but I think I had been trained that growing up, that good people who are willing to repent, in quotation marks, are worthy of compassion and bad people who aren't willing to repent are not worthy of compassion. And well, that's just not the story, is it right? That's just not true. We all are human beings out here trying our best and messing up every day. And if I want to influence someone or impact someone, then I can do more through my compassion than I can do through my hate you know, I think more so in terms of social justice work at this point. If I see someone doing harm, I hope to call them into awareness and then to make them aware of of what that looks like long term, right? I know it's so complicated, but simple as I think our, our as we expand who we know and how we who impacts us, our definition of good and bad isn't so cut and dry anymore. And I think that that is a really good place for us to have more compassion. Okay. Practice number two for increasing our compassion is to practice curiosity. I talk about this a lot when I talk about how do you treat yourself well? How do you improve well personally? And that is through compassionate curiosity. Right. So if I have a behavior that I'm not the biggest fan of, I can get down to the root of what am I trying to get through this behavior? How is this serving me? What's preventing me from changing that behavior? And I can make more lasting change than if I just try to fix myself without dealing with what's causing it. Right now. It's the same thing when we're interacting with other people. If I have someone in my life who's doing something that annoys me or offends me or irritates me, I can get into what is it that they are seeking? What's underneath this? What are they trying to achieve here? The Enneagram obviously is an amazing tool for this, but we can also ask them. We can also kind of empathize and run through the questions of, okay, they're doing this thing, maybe they're having a sh- stressful day and they're trying to soothe that stress by fixating on this thing that annoys me, right? But we can go underneath and then that can that can increase our compassion for them and our empathy for them because we're not just looking at the behavior, but we're looking at the cause of the behavior, which takes me into Step three, and part you know, tip number three, which is to seek commonality, right? Because just at this root, we're all seeking mostly the same things. We're seeking happiness, belonging, safety, love, success, right? We're all kind of at the core seeking these things and we can remember and meditate on just like me, this person is seeking love just like me, this person is seeking happiness. Just like me, this person is seeking joy. Now, here's the thing. We can do this for the mean person who yells at us at work, right? I'm not saying that we should have to, but I will say that it's easier on us when we do. You know, I spent a July morning two years ago, really trying to ask my mom about my dad. And at first I was trying to figure out his Enneagram type, but honestly, from then it just kept going just out of curiosity. I wanted to know who he was and why he did the things he did. I like to find out about people and, and why they act the way they do. It helps me to remember that we're, we really are just all trying our best. And when we understand why, it makes behavior make sense, right? It doesn't just excuse behavior, but it's easier to understand. And again, this is one of the gifts of the Enneagram. It's an incredible tool for compassion, it can be easier when we've been hurt to assume there's no reason the other person has behaved the way they did. We can write them off as simply broken. And it can feel like if we accept that they're human with brokenness, just like we are human with brokenness, it will excuse them for hurting us. But in reality, all it does is set us free, right? This holding on to a grudge, this holding on to anger, this lack of forgiveness, this, this Lack of compassion isn't impacting them in any way. They don't even know what's happening. They don't feel the impact of it. They are not suffering. We are the ones carrying that burden. It's just bringing us down every single day. Carrying that weight of anger, carrying that weight of lack of compassion is only hurting us. So when we want to increase our compassion, we can seek that commonality. We can say, just like me, this person is seeking happiness. They may be doing it in a way that I don't like, I don't appreciate, I think is wrong. But they're really just trying to get through the day the best they can, as happy as they can, as loved as they can, and as safe as they can. The fourth step the fourth tip for increasing our compassion is to take kind action. And this is where we separate empathy from compassion, right? Empathy can actually create annoyance in us if we aren't careful. Like I can feel empathy for someone. I can empathize with someone without caring about them. In fact, that empathy can cause me to care less about them because it's starting to make me feel too many negative emotions. It's making me feel invaded upon in my space. That empathy can uh, cut off our compassion if we're not careful. So what's different from empathy from compassion is that compassion requires action. So if we can take kind action, we, we move this out of an intellectual space where it's like, I understand what's causing this. I understand that you um, are seeking the same things as me. And it integrates it, right? That action integrates things. So if we can do a random act of kindness, if we can give back financially to someone, um, if we can volunteer somewhere, our compassion increases with the action that we take. And finally, number five, work on your relationship to yourself. How we treat ourselves overflows into how we treat others. Next week, we're focusing on self-compassion as we move into the final week of kindness for this series. And I really encourage you to listen to it, integrate it, because again, how I speak to myself, how I treat myself, how I excuse myself, all of these things overflow into the way that I treat others and what I expect from others in return. Okay. I would love to hear what compassion looks like for you. So come join us on Instagram and share with me what compassion means to you. I would love to hear. And as always, it's such a joy to create this content for you. And I will see you tomorrow for our next episode.